Hey everyone, welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast and welcome to another first chapter Friday. Um, I took last week off for my birthday and I am back with a new first chapter from The Grimy and the Greedy. This book is from the first chapter, it seems like it'll be a really fun book. The main character, Fizzy, is being forced to go to a funeral and she doesn't want to go. And I can't say that I blame her. Um, not sure what else is going on in the rest of the book, but I'm really curious to find out. So I may have to use some of my birthday money and grab this book um, just to find out what happens because I'm super curious. Once you hear the first chapter, please head over to my blog, thepickybookworm.com and leave a comment on the post letting me know what you think. And, um, you can listen to this anywhere you get your podcasts. I appreciate you guys listening. Grab a cup of tea, grab a glass of wine or fold the laundry like my friend Carolyn does. Anyway, enjoy guys. It was early. The store called Penzones had just opened mere minutes ago. There was still a sleepy haze hanging in the air as a handful of early morning shoppers meandered slowly underneath the shallow fluorescent lights. In the back of the grocery store where the bakery department stood, you'd find a stringy 27-year-old white woman in an unflattering maroon-colored uniform with her shoulder-length sunset red dyed hair pulled back into a bun and a face full of fire ant red acne, singing a made-up song under her breath as she shuffled her feet to stay awake. <clears throat> it was the day before the end of an arduous 60-hour work week when she got the news. One of Fizzy's co-workers' horses got spooked by a shadow and accidentally broke her co-worker's leg, and Fizzy foolhardily jumped to cover the unmanned hours. By then, she was nearly delirious from exhaustion. But she was cheerful, for it was payday. Better yet, tomorrow would be her first day off from both jobs in nearly two weeks. I'm going to get a big check, and I'm going to spend it on stupid stuff, she sang tunelessly under her breath as she hurriedly sliced through a rack of fresh Italian bread. I'm going to get a big check, and I'm going to spend it on stupid crap. Her gloved hand slipped and got in the way of the blade. She flung the knife onto the industrial countertop and held the throbbing digit inside her palm until she got the automatic paper towel dispenser and wrapped a yard of stiff brown paper around it. Blood blotted the black slab slated floor. Her crap was too loud. A little old lady passing by the cake shelves heard and laughed while a middle-aged man inspecting the Italian bread turned his head to glare. Within seconds, the paper towel turned scab red. She unwrapped it to see how bad the cut was. Crap, she thought, more inconvenienced than upset. She was nettled at the thought of having to pay for stitches. With a frustrated growl, she ditched the bloody paper towel into a nearby trash can and washed it in an adjacent sink. <clears throat> she had turned the sink off and reached for another paper towel when footsteps approached. She didn't have to turn around to know she was going to be irritated. A 40-something woman in the same berry red and khaki uniform stood by the oven. A customer heard you swear. In another world, Fizzy would have opened her mouth, told Miss Karen to screw off, then flicked blood directly into the deli manager's mouth and cackled like a villain while Miss Karen freaked out. 
but this fizzy held her bandaged finger up and explained, Yeah, sorry, I cut the shellac out of my hand. Miss Karen looked at her hand, then dropped her head, where more evidence of her injury laid, then looked back up at her without a flicker of compassion in her face, and asked, Is it bad? It feels crapping bad. I don't know, Fizzy replied. Miss Karen looked back down at the floor. You gotta leave the department when you get cut. It's a biohazard. Screw you. Sorry. I'll mop up the blood. Go get the first aid kit. Fizzy squeezed her finger until she could feel her pulse beating through the coarse sheet and made her way out of the department, making sure to track footprints through the blood first. She held onto the finger carefully so she wouldn't accidentally spill throughout the rest of the store. On her way to the front of the store, she passed by the same old man who glared at her earlier and tried to force an uncomfortable shared gaze. The old man did not look up from his bag of organic pasta sauce, enthralled by the list of ingredients. A petty victory. Working in a bakery isn't all cookies and sunshine. The most she got out of it was taste testing and eating cake for breakfast, which she never got tired of. One of the few and infrequent perks of the job. That and the fellowship of frosting loving women who congregated to the department, and the small moments in between following standard practice and basic cake decorating designs where she got to be creative. The fluffy flowers, the creamy borders that call to mind seashells. Oh, and the colors, all the colors, from the gigantic frosting buckets that reminded her of sweet-smelling Play-Doh to the dye guns that gently sprayed rainbows onto vanilla canvases and leave your exposed flesh iridescent. Fizzy meandered casually to the back office, wanting to take as much time as possible to feel bad for herself. It was a crap day. She had woken up at 3.15 in the morning, left her warm bed just to go outside into the bitter bitter air of mid-March and drive with one hand firmly grasped onto her driver's door handle because the lock mechanism on her door didn't work in minus five degree weather so it wouldn't close properly. She arrived at work in the blackened pre-dawn only to step out of her car and hear her phone fall onto the ground because she was too frazzled from sleep deprivation and cold to remember that she had the device on her lap. When she picked it up, she found a chunk on the right-hand corner of her phone screen was gone, and so with it, her good-natured mood. A round-faced cashier, one of many part-time working teens that filtered in and out of the company during the year, walked out of the break room and towards the punch-in, punch-out machine that hung off the back office door. Hey, girl. They said with a drawl as they typed in their number automatically, you should check your phone. It's blowing up. They breezed away without further context. Fizzy didn't think anything of it, more offended by the cashier's total apathy towards her conspicuously bleeding injury. She washed her hand in the break room sink and wrapped a Dora the Explorer band-aid around the cut. Driblets escaped out of Dora's square-shaped hair, but Fizzy put a latex glove over the hand and decided to ignore her bleeding and the pulsating. She went to her work locker, which displayed her dreaded name, Odette Obit, in scotch tape and black marker. Upon opening, she discovered to her alarm she had nine missed notifications. Two missed calls from sis, three missed calls, plus one missed voicemail from Mama Sobriquet, three missed texts from Bro Bro, all of which read, Yo, McGee, call mom. Dread imploded within Fizzy like a bomb, 
What could be so urgent? Before she could check her voicemail, a voice from behind alerted her that someone was calling them from the store's landline. The break room and the manager's office were five steps apart, but the entire way there, a litany of every possible bad thing went off in Fizzy's head. What if mom had been in a car accident? What if there had been a house fire? What if her apartment had caught fire? What if some unhinged man had attacked a loved one and left her beaten, bloodied, and moribund on the side of the road somewhere? What if something terrible had happened to Zeno or Tranquilla or Lonnie? By the time she reached the landline, black and white images of her loved one's corpses, riddled with bullets, blood, and gaping wounds, filled her mind to the point where, while she held the receiving end of the phone to her ear, she choked back tears as she waited for the voice of death to tell her all her favorite people on earth were now his. Hey, sweetheart. Her mom's honeysuckle lilt sprang out of the other line in a tone she couldn't identify. Ma! She was breathless with worry. I was just about to call you. Is everything okay? You didn't check your voicemail? No, I just saw the calls. What's going on? There was a horrible pause. Your grandma died. For a moment, Fizzy didn't comprehend. Part of her was convinced she misheard. What? Then she stalled, more disbelieved than shocked. It was like hearing news that Satan just died. Up until that very moment, Fizzy was convinced that old awful woman could never die. The same way evil and the dead can never truly die. Are you messing with me? No, sweetheart, I'm not messing with you. Jeanette's gone. Darlene said plainly for what else could be said. She died this morning. For a moment, there was nothing else said. Fizzy merely stood there, stupid from the surrealness of it all. She never thought this day would come. She, like many, assumed that her grandmother was one of the old witches that always got older but never would do something as impossible as dying. But then it hit her all at once. Her grandmother, Jeanette Sobriquet, mother to her mother, grandmother of three, enemy to all, was dead. And when that realization came over her, Fizzy drew one long sweet breath in and her puffy lips curled into a wide, deranged smile. I never thought this day would come. She squeaked out, pink-faced, teary-eyed, and grinning. She held a hand over her heart like she was trying to keep it from exploding and exhaled out a breathy, almost delirious laugh. I can't believe she's dead. I couldn't believe it either, Darla avowed, but Vizzy talked over her, excitement bubbling out of her ears. I never thought I would get to outlive one of my enemies, but... This is the greatest day of my life, she exclaimed, unashamed. Are you even going to ask how she died? Darla said. How did she die? Fizzy asked, flapping her unused hand from excitement. She gasped. Oh my God, was it murder or was it something stupid like she died in a car accident? She let out another gasp. Please tell me she got some horrible flesh-eating disease that takes away all your dignities. Nope. Believe it or not, the woman got struck by lightning. Darn, she would, she said, irritated. Though quietly, she thought the end was fitting. If anybody deserved to get smited by the gods, it was Jeanette. Either way, it didn't matter. The bad times were over now. Jeanette was dead, and their family was free from her. They could move on with their lives finally. I'm just glad some of us got to outlive her. You're telling me, Darla said with a soft chuckle. I was convinced that old Biddy would bury us all. 
Nice. Good for you, Ma. I'm glad you're not wasting time being sad over that menstrual cramp of a woman. Oh, I'm a little sad. Fizzy winced. Really? Well, yeah, her mother replied as if it were obvious. She was my mother after all, no matter how awful she was. Her sentence died with a sigh. It's still a loss, even if it's more of a relief than anything. Fizzy frowned into the phone. It hadn't occurred to her that her mother still cared for the old woman, especially after all she had put her through. Oh, Ma, I'm sorry, Ma, she murmured. With nothing else to say, she asked, how's Lonnie and TQ taking the news? She heard her mom sniffle once, and Fizzy feared for a hot second that her mom was going to break down on her. But then her voice came back, brighter than ever, brighter, brighter than ever, as she said, Tranquilla's right here if you want to talk to her. There was a quick exchange, and soon her sister's squeaky voice greeted her with a, Hey! Hey! Fizzy cried out. What's up with you, TQ? Can you believe this? Finally, after the, all these years, the Wicked Witch of the West Side is dead! Wow, you are ruthless, Tranquilla laughed. You can't even pretend to be sad for one second. Fizzy sucked her teeth. Don't act like you didn't hate the woman too. Oh, wait, I forgot. She landed you a sweet job, so now you're going to let 18 years of child abuse go out the window. I mean, kinda, Tranquilla admitted. Fizzy scoffed. Dude, I'm not like you, her sister said defensively. I can't just cut people off like that. I'm like a dog. You could kick me and I would still love you. <clears throat> Fizzy shook her head. You're just like mom, too forgiving. But I guess there are worse ways to be, she thought as she smiled into the film. Yep, since we're not doing a funeral for the old biddy, we should throw a death day celebration party like we always said we would. An awkward silence followed one that made her immediately suspicious. That's the bad news, Darla's voice interjected from a nearby distance. The funeral's Saturday. Ma, you're going to that? We all are, including you. What? No! Fizzy cried, half appalled and half heartbroken. I can't believe this crap. You're going to throw away money on a funeral for that woman? We're not throwing her anything, Darlene's distant voice began, but then there was more movement and her mother's voice returned, louder, but as serious as ever. She made the arrangements for the funeral before she died. Everything's all paid for. I didn't have to put a dime towards anything. Good, Fizzy said. All we have to do is show up. We? Come on, Fizz, Tranquilla's voice shouted clearer than before as she grabbed the phone. If you don't go, it's just going to be Lonnie, me, and Mom. Then don't go. I can't just not go to Grandma's funeral. I lived with her for the last year of her life. Heck, I was there when she died. So what? I used to live with her too. That doesn't mean I'm going. Please, Fizzy, please don't make me go to this thing alone. I would rather work. Come on. Don't do this. You know this is how ghosts are made, Tranquilla pleaded. You already know if Grandma feels disrespected, she's going to come back come back and haunt us. It sounded irrational, but Fizzy understood where the fear came from. The woman used to make that threat once a year on her birthday, but Fizzy wouldn't have it. You don't believe in ghosts. No, but I do think it's wrong to crap on a dead person's last requests. 
She disrespected us the entire time she was alive. Why should I let her bully me from beyond the grave? I know you hated Grandma, but I didn't. No! She heard her mother's hand rush for the phone. Seconds later, Darla's voice, clear as water, heavy as stone, returned. Odette? Odette flid. Fizzy flinched at the sound of her government name. Odette Elise Obit, you are going to this funeral. End of discussion. Fizzy balked. The heck I am! Frustrated tears leaked onto her uniform, and she stood there, crying shamelessly into the phone, hating her mother, hating her whole family, hating her whole life. I'm almost 30 years old. You can't make me go to this. The heck I can't. I don't care how old you are. She croaked out. I can't believe you're doing this to me. Odette, please. Her mother's voice sounded so pitiful, like she was trying hard not to cry. This isn't easy for me either. Then why are you doing this at all? She furiously wiped away hot snot and tears, her voice getting pitchy the longer she raged. It's not like anyone's going to come to this. Oh, trust me, people are going to come to this. Then let them go. Why are you making me? Why are you letting her bully you like this from beyond the grave? She can't do anything to you anymore. I know that. Do you, though? The question sprang out into the speaker like a jaded rock and landed on hot, terrible silence. I'm not doing this for her, Darla insisted unconvincingly. Fizzy wanted to argue, to tell her, no, you're doing this because you're still that abused kid who has to let Jeanette get her way to avoid her rage. You're making us go because Jeanette needs to control everything and everyone, even if she's dead in the ground. But you don't have to let her do this. You're free now, she wanted to shout. She saw the words, too, in front of her, like they were being held up on a banner. But she closed her eyes at them because you don't say cruel things to people you love, even if they're true. You're going to this funeral, her mother said. End of discussion. Fizzy's face scrunched up tightly. Her cheeks were so hot she thought the plastic on the old phone would melt.